So welcome, 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 so welcome to No Stupid, no stupid Questions. Hello, stupid everybody. This week's up, folks? It's for real. It's with for real. T-Leak like, and Jag. Like a dungeon drag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific no order. order. I love no Stupid <laughs> Questions show. <laughs> Can we curse on this show? Do whatever it's we feel. Okay. Time is your question for today. No. Wow, wow. All right. So, the question. <laughs> What's the name of the show, Jay? No question. Jack. No stupid question. Welcome to this episode. Of My first question is, who are you? No stupid question. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the No Stupid Question Show, the show where you have two smart people and one simple question, or the show where we normally have two smart people and one sim- one stupid question. <laughs> the stupid simple. It's keep it simple, stupid. So, so that's T. Lee joining in, trying to correct me, and I'm Jay. And we're going to get through this show, y'all. Yes, we are. And I'm going to correct him on something else. We got three smart people. Or at least one smart person and the two stupid people that are usually here. And a normal host, right? <laughs> I am so pleased for this particular question uh, that Jag and I came up with to have my dear friend and accomplished uh, <laughs> fireball, Melva Green. And uh, she's actually a Johns Hopkins. Well, Jag, you and I are we both having all kind of problems today, but we're gonna get, we're gonna get it together. <laughs> uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, trained psychiatrist, and she specializes in hoarding disorder and severe chronic disorganization. But beyond that, she has many, many, many interests. I'm not gonna talk about the personal conversations that we've had, but she is also the. You might have heard her voice on any hoarders. She's been on there for 10 seasons, and she's also been a contributor on major networks, news, radio broadcasts, and I'm so happy to have her here on our podcast. She is the co-author of Breathing Room, Open Your Heart by Decluttering Your Home, one of my Bibles. Um, <laughs> don't, don't come to my home, though. It's my Bible, but you know how some people are with their Bibles, so... <laughs> I look to it, but that's cool. I'm not practicing it all the time. It's, it's not supposed to be a dead book, <laughs> You're supposed to put it in practice. And Dr. Green's mantra, moving psychiatry from the couch to the community, which I love as a segue for our question, our stupid question, which is, in this month, does Black History Month cause PTSD? Uh-oh, so everybody's, I'm everybody's to, quiet. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to jump in first. Um, <laughs> no, you want me to say my answer? I can. Yeah, I mean, I know your answer, but you go ahead and tell the people what your answer is. Oh, oh okay. Now I need you to answer and then tell me what my answer is going to be. So now I gotta, you know, you got these two strong women on here. So, okay, watch yourself. Watch yourself telling me you know what I'm going to answer, but go ahead. But, but see, Dr. Green, Melva Green is my homegirl. So I know she's not going to treat me too bad today since we both, you know, grew up in New Orleans. And she got people from South Carolina too. So we, you know, we down like four flat tires. <laughs> T-League's answer is yes. And Jag's answer is no. So did I get it right? So let me just say this. <laughs> You did get it right. Okay. And it's because, or I should say, but in this case, the but is is correct, is because this Black History Month has been giving me fits. So I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Okay. But I will ask my friend Melva, 
Dr. Green, Mm -hmm. what is your immediate response to that? Well, I actually want to hear from Jag first. I want to hear why he says no. I I think (laughs) maybe her immediate response is that's a stupid question. So you don't accuse the size, Tanya. (laughs) Okay. It's actually a, a... I'm trying to get to a short answer to why I say no, because it may it may take a while for me to unpack this. My answer is no, partially because I have a how do I say this? I have a aversion to victim mentality. Mm. And since I have an aversion to victim mentality, I'm trying to see what the trauma is in Black History Month. And since I can't see the trauma in Black History Month, to me, it can't be PTSD. Now, I'm not a trained anything other than an engineer and a lawyer. So <laughs> could take that for whatever it's worth. But that's, that's my answer to why I say no, Black History Month does not cause PTSD. And uh, Dr. Green, you are trained. So now that you've heard his uh, short, short answer, I'm sure he'll get into it more in detail. Well, it's interesting because you know, I'm actually listening now from two perspectives based on what Jag said, because my personal experience is similar. I'm very hyper aware of things that leave us feeling disempowered. So I'm always seeking and searching for what empowers melanated people. So I'm looking at all of this black excellence and I'm not triggered in any negative way. I'm looking at it as an opportunity to highlight. So 365 days a year is black history to me, right? right. And so that's just 30 days or 28 days that the federal government has allotted or declared as quote unquote black history month. But we are living legacies of black excellence. We are black history. So that is not something that is from my perspective traumatic because I'm not necessarily focusing on where people of color have been victimized. I'm looking at where we have risen from the ashes time after time after time. And so that month, this month highlights that. So in in my, from my personal perspective, no, absolutely not. It is not triggering or traumatic for me, but that's of course my my personal perspective. Now, on to my professional perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that for some people, this may be triggering. For you, for example, Tanya, but there is a specific de- definition of post-traumatic stress disorder that comprises both emotional and physiological responses to things that are triggering, that are reminding us of something that is traumatic. So for some people, perhaps this is traumatic. Perhaps when there are stories about enslavement or beatings or basically the peril that that people of color, Black people have been through, Of course, for some people that can absolutely be triggering and can lead them to kind of reliving experiences of trauma or reliving things that require them to shift into a place of hypervigilance or hyperarousal or hyperawareness or sadness or shame or all the things that that can come along with post-traumatic stress disorder. But I can't say that that's the end-all be-all. Okay, so from that professional definition <laughs> of PTSD. If you're if you are triggered, you're triggered. If you have perhaps a baseline 
trauma that is rooted in things that are constantly put on display during Black History Month, then yes. But my overarching answer is no, not absolutely, not definitively, but yes, possibility. Okay. And yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I, I, the, the caveat that I gave to Jag, and, and we talked about this in the last show, is that my childhood experience with Black History Month was all about Black excellence mm-hmm. and about celebrating um, particularly the achievements of individuals that had you know, risen above, especially in times that were a lot worse for Black folks, let's just say. And this, this month, I have felt, and, and you know, I think it's, it's part of the overall atmosphere that we are in, not only the racial atmosphere, but also with the pandemic and, and kind of, you know, just a lot of the things that add to, I think, the, the hypersensitivity, to your point. And, and I, you know, there is a lot around, and, and, and again, perhaps it's my, my lens or perhaps it's the groups that I'm involved with. I'm, you know, helping with diversity, equity, inclusion at my high school, which is struggling with it. You know, I do stuff with, uh, you know, my college. I, so there's all these things that for me in this year in particular have been very triggering. And the conversations have always gone back to a lot of these things that have been triggering for a lot of people over the past year, right? Certainly George Floyd. And and unfortunately, there's something new every week, every day for that matter. And one of the other things is that the, the thing that we talked about, Jack and I talked about was that the childhood experience I have with Black History Month is not the experience. I haven't had that experience in a long time. I haven't even seen, you know, my daughter, you know, she's 11 years old. She's the you know, I said, well, what are you guys doing for Black History Month? You know, for us, it was the programs and the dances and, da, 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 mm-hmm. and the essays and the, mm-hmm. I, I, it, this, it would pass unnoticed to her. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking for ways to do that. And, one, and as I look for ways, interestingly enough, so again, my lens, you know, looking for ways to, to introduce my, my daughter to this in a more sort of present way, I'm finding a lot of the things about you know, civil rights. And, you know, when you look at the movies, there's a lot of that triggering footage. And the, the, so it just, it, it's, I feel bombarded right now. Yeah, I, I, I feel, and again, I mean, not clinically, I feel traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's real. That's absolutely real. Yeah, so, so it's, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of my response. And Jag, I know you wanted to elaborate on your, your answer. Well, and now so much other stuff is said that y'all made me forget what I wanted to say. But so I, I have a further question though. So is it Black History Month or is it just being Black that makes you feel like it may cause PTSD? Because as you were talking, the things you talked about to me weren't relegated to Black History Month. They weren't confined to these 28 days. The things you talked about were unfortunately the things we, we live with every single day. Um, that, that we wake up. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking about it in the context of, you know, being the only Black anywhere, right? You feel in this month, you, you not only feel, but sometimes you are pointed to as the, okay, so we're going to do Black History Month and they're pointing at you like, uh, what are we going to do? And what you know about Rosa Parks and what you know about, <laughs> um, I hate to use Rosa, she, somehow she's at the top, <laughs> tip of my tongue. And it was funny because I actually, I watched Blackish the other day. 
And the show was about, you know, the mother of the show was a doctor and she became a, a partner at her hospital. And she was also the diversity lead and the blah, 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 blah. And it was interesting because the son's daughter, the 20 year old son, whatever, was is studying to be a um, psychologist. Um, she's taking psychotherapy courses. Anyway, she sort of analyzed the mother because she was trying to be a mentor to her and talk about, you know, medical school and how that was for her and blah, 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 blah. And she told her about this letter in which it said, you know, remember Harriet Tubman, remember all those slaves coming through and the dogs were coming, but they made it through so you could make it through med school. And it was just basically using the trauma <laughs> to, you know, presumably build her up. Inspire. <laughs> and, you know, this 20 year old was looking at her like, this is not inspiring. This is scary. Like you are making me scared. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because she, you know, the mother had to step back and say, I, I shouldn't have to shoulder all of this. I shouldn't have to be the, the representative, the, I mean, I know that I have to be 10 times better and blah, 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 but, and, and for, for whatever reason, for me, you know, Jag, you asked, it is, it is 365, but for, again, I, I mentioned my lens, the groups that I'm participating in, et cetera, those are the ones that are kind of being pointed to, like, what are we going to do? And, you know, and so, and, and I'm, you know, looking for my daughter. And so as I scan the landscape, I'm seeing a lot of triggering stuff and I got to like mine through it. And so, so that's the reason why for me, this, this moment, this particular month in this particular year is different than, than prior years. Well, I also think, you know, speaking of definitions, you know, as I was defining PTSD in the clinical sense, I think we also need to maybe have some conversation about blackness. Right, because I, I think that where the conversation typically leads is that black history is defined by slavery to the civil rights movement, right? Like we have allowed people to define black history in that way and that's a very limiting construct, right? So again, perhaps that may be why it's not triggering for me because I'm going all the way back to original mother, original Eve right? An African woman, mitochondrial DNA. So that is Black history, <laughs> right? 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 Not, not the definition that has been um, circumscribed by governments or by, you know, for political agendas. So I guess perhaps maybe that's why people don't start have, trying to attempt to have conversations with me in that way, because I'm way more ancient than enslavement. Right, I'm I'm way more ancient in 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 having that conversation about this excellence that we celebrate in these 28 days, and I'm quick to remind people of all that preceded that. Not negating, not negating the trauma, not negating the harshness, but really looking at the power that one must have in order to still be in existence and to have not been completely annihilated as a group of people. I won't even say race of people because black is not a race, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually, we've had this conversation lately, so we agree with that. Yeah, so it's interesting you say that because I guess I, I agree with that, that sentiment. We, we have to realize that the, the period of slavery which was not 400 years that people often misquote. It's just a blip in history. 
and yep. and it's a it's it, it was a terrible time but it was just a blip in history and we have been so much before that and we will be so much after that i agree that you can't you you can't allow people to define us by that short period of time now i will admit that i am triggered by i can't watch rosewood or you know any of those movies that show 12 years uh, i can't watch 12 years a slave without being mad for the next week <laughs> and, and and so, you know, I, that is a problem for me. And maybe I need to try to figure out a way to release that. I release it by not watching those things. So, I, so from that standpoint, there are a lot of things that do trigger me as a black man. But going back to the question of whether or not Black History Month causes PTSD, I still have to stay with my position of no. All right. And I, and I, again, you know, this is a, this is a recent occurrence. And I am I, I'm appreciative of, you know, what Melva is saying about the history. And it is something that sort of I lean back on. I think that, and, and, and we spoke about this in the, the last show as well, which is that we have always said that Black people are not a monolith, right? And that there are differing perspectives, differing experiences, different levels of understanding in terms of the history as in its fullest and broadest sense. So this is, this is interesting, right? Because I think the, the sort of in-between that pretty closely characterizes where I find myself is that I decided to, as one of my Black History Month activities, is to watch A Night in Miami. Okay. And so we're talking about for, you know, again, all of them could be in the Hall of Fame for the Black History Month. I'd, I'd probably, if I was, you know, 12 years old now in my old school, I'd be doing an essay and writing, doing a little poster in the wall, on the wall, <laughs> in the hallway. <laughs> At the same time, you know, there was that, this is Black excellence and God damn it, you know, look at what they, you know. So you, you live in, you live in both worlds. And living in, and even living in today's world, and and I, I'll take it, you know, sort of more personally. Again, as I'm on this Black Alumni Task Force, right? There's seven of us on the core committee, and there are so many different perspectives and so many different ways in which people want to attack. And I say that literally, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and making it a reality and and in all honesty, you know, when the rubber hits the road, battling, battling that battle um, with certain institutions or organizations is also stress-inducing, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. Yeah. So, so I think, again, you know, I, I speak to this from a, you know, sort of looking at it from, from my current experience and then also just looking at the balance of what we see. I mean, if I could just stay in my room and meditate, I'd be good. <laughs> it's, it's going out in the world mm -hmm. and dealing with the, these other, you know, experiences, not just from Black folks, but also from other, you know, I mean, it, it requires you to, I mean, meditation is my friend right now, you know, in terms of staying centered and staying um, and sleep too. Mm -hmm. Jag and I are all about to sleep right now. That's, 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 that's right. So with, with all of the stuff that I've been doing, you know, for my own personal wellness, I still woke up with a headache this morning, an excruciating headache, and I never get headaches. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, 
to me was sort of a little flag that there's something triggering. I, I honestly did not think it was a physiological thing. Mm. So now that I have a, uh, so apparently I called Melva on here for a personal thing. Right. <laughs> I'm going to just be quiet and let you go through your, your therapy right now. <laughs> well, you know, but, but, you know, Tanya, you, you, you raised something that I do think needs to be interjected in the conversation. And it's, it's perhaps not what we refer to in the field of mental health or psychiatry as post-traumatic stress disorder, but something that Joy Degree talks about. I think I'm saying her name correctly post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what she talks about are the physiological and the emotional responses to these microaggressions and oftentimes macroaggressions that we are dealing with on a, on a, on a day-to-day basis. And so she does an excellent job with conceptualizing a very real phenomenon for our people. And so I don't, I don't want to underestimate what your your responses are, your physiological or your emotional responses are, I'm just simply saying that perhaps they may not necessarily fit into a clinical diagnosis, but that does not mean that your your experiences are not real. And let's, let's um, dive in there. We, we will, for the podcast, we can include a link to, because I watched a couple of her talks on YouTube. So she's got a number of um, talks about the post-traumatic slave syndrome. So how would you sort of make a distinction between the two, if you were asked, between well, PTSD? That's her body of work. Okay. My body of work is making these clinical diagnoses, right? So does that mean that someone can have post-traumatic slave syndrome by her definition, as well as PTSD? They can be Right. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. Right. They're not mutually exclusive, but she brings in that important piece to the dialogue because perhaps people have internalized so much of the microaggression, so much of the trauma, and it's been handed down, you know, multiple generations that people just get accustomed to that state of stress. They get accustomed to that state of fear and feeling victimized and suffering, right? That may not necessarily manifest with the overt or outward physiological symptoms. So they may not say that they they get a racing heart, right? Or they get sweaty palms or, you know what I mean? Some of the physiological symptoms that we see in um, PTSD, they may not get that, but internally, right? They are hyper aroused. Internally, they're afraid. Internally, there's a paranoia, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That they they're not necessarily able to articulate in a way that is is easy to to define as PTSD. I think that's that's very helpful, and I think we usually have a call to action as it relates to our shows, and I think you know. I, I think there's a number of, of things here that I think we all share, which is the, we actually talked about the origins of Black History Month and Carter G. Woodson's intent that it be a celebration of Black excellence, exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. And I had to remind myself to take a look at that organization and you know the theme for this year is the Black family. And I think there is recovery, and 
release in, you know, looking to the, <laughs> I was about to say to the east, but <laughs> to the east, but I had to stop myself all of a sudden. That phrase just jumped in my head. So <laughs> in looking to <laughs> that, that positive side, I think, you know, Jack, you were talking about being the optimist and, and really having, um, both of you were talking about it. And I think there is something to really being aware that this, there is, there are things that can pull you down, but understanding how you can cultivate the things that bring you back up. So I think that's my, my, my one thing to, to make sure I pull out and, and tell people explicitly that being aware is the first step in terms of being able to help yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just to reiterate like what we said in the last show, when we put on programming for Black History Month, uh, we can't control always what other people do. But when we put on programming for Black History Month, we need to have a good, healthy dose of positive programming or celebration of Black excellence to counter some of the, just a highlight of the trauma that, that we went through as, as a people. So, you know, we, we, we talked about seven to one ratio last time, and I don't know where I got that from. I think as a basketball coach, you're told to, if you have to criticize a player, you want to make sure that you say seven positive things for every negative thing that you, that you have to say. So that's where I get the seven to one from. So T-Leak, you have to put on seven positive shows for your alumni association. <laughs> if we there's a negative one. We on only the... got 28 days, baby. <laughs> well, you, you can do it four times then if you have 28 days. <laughs> You know, to, to, to um, add to that, Jay, you know, oftentimes people are unsuspecting of that, but appreciative nonetheless. When you, when you educate them on just how limiting their constructs are, you know, it's, it's, it's not just the, you know, alleged 400 years or, you know, it's, it's not the sit-ins. It's not, it's not just that, you know, I mean, oftentimes people are not really even aware of their ignorance. Yes. I agree with that. Right. You know, they, I was, I'm not aware of, I, there were things I found out to be honest on the negative and the positive side this month. Right. So. Yeah. So I think oftentimes people may be not knowing that you're giving them a gift but are very appreciative when you give them the gift of, of education and knowledge that kind of expands their very small view of what who Black people are and what Black History Month is. Right. Good point. Good point. That might be the show for next, next week. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get them in, Jag. We only got two more weeks. <laughs> And, and by the way, I do want to say A Night in Miami is fantastic, though. So I don't want, really I don't want anybody to not to not watch it because I said, is it, you know, it's, it's going to be that that side. But I think there is that seven to one ratio that you could get out of it. Yeah. But like Jack, I don't watch slave movies either. Yeah, it's, it's tough for me. <laughs> I really I don't like the. I, I can't be around other people after I've seen a slave movie. I have to, <laughs> I have to go isolate myself for a while. So. So is that, is, that, is that anybody black or white? You can't be around anybody. I probably need to be by myself. <laughs> 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 
There's just a couple of couple of black slave stories that make me just as mad. I mean, somebody did turn in that Turner. So, uh, we, we can't be happy with ourselves all the time either. So Melba, as, a, as this call to action, what would be your sort of major thing for list, our listeners to, to keep in mind as it regards this or anything else that you find is helpful for Black folk in this time, whether it be Black History Month, the current time? Two things come to mind. The first is compassion, starting with self, being kind to ourselves. Oftentimes I find that our, our people get hijacked into struggle, get pulled in. They, there's this feeling of obligation that I've got to be on the front lines and I've got to do this and I've got to change this and I've got, I've got, I've got, it's all on me, right? And to me, that's, that's oftentimes quite harmful. It's, it's oftentimes self-betraying. And I'm convinced that our people, specifically Black women, have been conditioned to self-betray, have been conditioned to fight the struggle, to be on the front lines at all times, never resting, never taking a break, never indulging in pleasure and all the goodness and the yumminess that there is in this life as well. And so if we can just start with having compassion with ourselves and not taking on the mother load of fixing everything for everybody. To me, that's the biggest gift that you can give yourself in Black History Month. Like, you know what, let me ride on what my ancestors did on this one. <laughs> you know, give me these 28 days, I'm good for it, I'm good. <laughs> this is my 28 days of sacred rest, okay? I'm gonna ride on what my ancestors deposited in my bank. I'm doing nothing but withdrawals. <laughs> okay. I love it. I like and, that. And, and, so, and sort of coinciding with that, the second thing is, is good, healthy boundaries. You know, I have been the only in rooms, you know, I did my training at Hopkins, right? And so I've, I've been the only at the table many, 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 many times. But I have always had very good, healthy boundaries around what's, what folks are projecting onto me or what their expectations are of me. You know, even if you perhaps unconsciously see me as your token one, I'm not your token one. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And so I'm very clear about what responsibilities or roles that I take on because I'm not gonna be that one. I'm much bigger than whatever box you may be trying to put me in based on your own ignorance or lack of so I think that <laughs> the self-compassion <laughs> and really healthy boundaries of not allowing others to define you, define you or to project onto you their limitations of blackness. I like it. I love it. I, I, I was about to say, I love it. And <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this just because, because of what Bella said is that, you know, hey, I, I know who I am and I'm going to not allow anything to hijack me. And I'm actually <laughs> going to put myself out there in ways that I don't usually. Self-compassion is actually a major component of my personal work for myself. And, and I'm bringing it to a virtual retreat that I am hosting um, over the course of five months. So it's really a couple of hours every month with homework in between to 
begin to explore some of that and ways in which we can create healthy boundaries. And it is for women because, and it's called Embody Love. Mm-hmm. Men and can't participate? Not, not <laughs> right now, because the, the women, to, your, to Melva's point, is just like Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Women's boundaries matter. Because <laughs> our boundaries get violated more than yours do. Okay. Um, and okay. and part of that is because I think women are, you know, socialized to some degree to be more giving of themselves. Conditioned and, to self-betray. I was okay. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was using different words. <laughs> was... Don't make it nice. Don't make it nice. <laughs> I love you. So anyway, so I, I say that to say if there are folks out there, you know, we'll put again a link to that. We're starting at the end of this month, this month of Black history, of self-love. And if you, if you started with taking, taking a break this month, and, or if you, on Melva's suggestion, are taking those withdrawals, <laughs> you can make this another withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack, any, any final words on this topic? Well, you know, I, I mean, I guess I'm... Had, had a loss for words doing this show, but it was because I was listening to the, the great insight that the both of you brought into it, but especially Dr. Green, I appreciate you bringing your, your touch to this show. I think our listeners would really enjoy the wisdom that you shared today. Now, I before like you that. before you go, uh, Dr. Green, Melfa, <laughs> how can they follow you, get in touch with you, and then we will be sure to post it as well. So what if someone's like, oh my God, I love her. I need to feel, where's she going to be? <laughs> the best way is Facebook, Dr. Melvin Green. Okay. Yep. Find me on Facebook. And I have a very, very interactive, even though it's more than 11,000 people, it's very, it's a very interactive group. I actually reply <laughs> to people <laughs> when they ask a question or, yeah, it's, it's quite engaged. It's not something where I, you know, post a meme and, you know, move along. <laughs> I genuinely, <laughs> anything that I share is, is truly inspired by my spirit. It's funny that you used the word uh, wisdom, Jag, because that is what I I feel that I'm imparting. It's not so much intelligence or information or knowledge. This truly feels like what moves through me is is an ancient indigenous wisdom that we have to bring to the table. It's been too far, too long that we have allowed others to define who we are and what we are. And it's time to go back to who we know we are. Right, right. I love it. I mean, being, being, being a a girl from New Orleans with roots in South Carolina, I wouldn't expect anything different from you. Um, you know, you, and I make mean gumbo. All right, well, we have to have the gumbo challenge one day. But, but uh, we are gonna have to have you back on the show because there, there are a lot of things we touched on that, that we're gonna have to explore if, if you're willing to explore Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I really appreciate you being on. And I'm just piggyback, self-compassion. I think that, I like that, that, that should be the theme or the sub theme throughout every Black History Month and maybe every day of the year all the time. We need to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of our community. And we need to do both of those things, but you gotta take care of yourself first. Absolutely. All right. And I don't think there's anything more to be said. No stupid questions. Thanks everybody. (laughs) Take care. Thank you guys for having me. You can ask any question that you want or don't ask no stupid ass questions. (laughs)